Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. This morning we're going to deal with one of those touchy subjects. This is actually a message that I preached here, um, I think my first year here, and the fact of the matter is the truth of the truth of the gospel and the truth of God doesn't change. And I think we need to hear it again. But before we get into too much stuff, I, I need to... I need to lay some groundwork here. This morning we're going to be talking about sex. Now some of you are like, oh great, I'm in middle school again, right? No, no we're not having that kind of talk, okay? What I want to focus on today is we are surrounded by a culture that is obsessed with sex. And I want us to dig into what are we supposed to do with that. But before we get there, I need to acknowledge a couple things. Number one, many of you have struggled in this area in your past. Some of you are struggling with it now. Some of you, it was a long time ago, you made mistakes. For me, I've made mistakes. And there is forgiveness. You don't need to carry those things. This is not a message to make you feel guilty about those things from your past. The things that have happened before today, this is not a message where I want to bring the conviction so that you feel the weight of God's judgment. That is not what this is about. I need you to know first, before we dig into any of this, that everything that is in your past, if you have brought it to Christ, He has given you forgiveness and it has no hold on you anymore. That's where we're starting today. Is that whatever you've done, whether it's an addiction to porn, whether it's you cheated on your wife, whether it was you were sleeping around, whether it's you, you entered into any kind of deviant sexual relationship of, of either physical nature of it or in your heart or your mind, that is in the past. And if you have brought it to Christ, then you are forgiven and it has no hold on you. What I want to talk about today is how do we from now on keep it from having a hold on us? Because we live in a world that is obsessed, a culture that is obsessed and saturated with sex. Buying clothes, it's there. Watching TV, it's there. Watching movies, it's there. Trying to listen to the radio. And it's not even just the pop station. You listen to country, and it's there. You look around... And our society is pushing for sexual identity to be the driving force of communities. We have this spirit that says that if you are not allowed to express yourself 
in the sexual manner you want to, then you are being robbed of value in who you are. They claim that sex is an essential part of your identity. It's everywhere. You can't turn on the TV, you can't look at your phone, you can't go shopping at the mall, you can't pick up a magazine, you can't go anywhere without it being thrown at you. Except maybe Tim Hortons. And it's everywhere. And for some of us in this room, we see all that and we see these perfect people. We see the perfect people on TV, we see the posters, we see the banners, we see the magazines, we see the musicians, we see all of them. And some of us have one of two reactions, sometimes both. We look at those people and we think, I wish I was that person and that people would look at me that way. Now, we're not going to raise hands, but you know what I'm saying, right? I wish I looked like that. I wish I had that attention. And some of us look at those people and we say, I wish those people would look at me. And we think, what would it be like? What would it be like to have that attention? For some of us, we pick up a book or a magazine, we're, we're scrolling through Facebook, we're online, we're, we're watching YouTube videos, whatever it is, and we're scrolling... And the thumbnail pops up, and it might be, it might be some actor who's, who's just super buff like me, and I don't know why you guys laugh every time I say something like that. I mean, no, I mean, no, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm, oh, thank you. Fittish? I'm fittish. Is that a word? Okay, so, <clears throat> I guess we'll move on now. Um, and, and you see this really great looking actor, or this, this, maybe this swimsuit model, and you just, you catch the glance, right? And it might just be the thumbnail that shows up, it might be a, a magazine while you're going through the grocery store, whatever, and it shows up, and the thought goes, oh, I wonder what that is. I wonder what that's about. I wonder what the rest of that looks like. And maybe that's something that you're used to looking at, and maybe that's something you've looked at for years, or, but it caught your glance, and now you're wondering, what's the rest of it? Some of you are in the place where you are either dating or will soon be dating someone. And you've heard different philosophies on the whole sex thing, and you think, well, okay... It, I, I, I've been told that it's really something that you just need to save for marriage, but other people are saying, you know what, it really doesn't matter. It's just part of the dating environment. And you've been told this thing or that thing, and you, you get into this relationship and you, you're trying to set some, some standards for yourself, and eventually you come to the question, well, how far is too far? Some of you are in a, in a different spot and you're married. And you may be in the place where you, you got married and things were incredible, things were wonderful, things were everything you wanted it to be and then something's changed. Maybe it was time. Maybe it was a struggle. Maybe it was a mistake somewhere along the way. Maybe it was just the kids came in and, and it feels like your time is in the right 
is mixed up and and you're finding that you feel more connected with somebody at work or somebody at church and you sit in your car and you're you're torn apart and you wonder did I make a mistake did I maybe marry the wrong person in the book of Samuel second Samuel there's a story about a man named David. And you can look up the whole story. We're not going to dig into it, and we're not even going to read part of that story today because it's fairly long. I've got another passage I want us to read. But in in 2 Samuel, I think it's chapter 11, there's this man named David who is known in the Bible as a man after God's own heart, and he was the king of Israel. And he did all kinds of incredible things for God. And one season, he was supposed to go to war with his army, and instead of going to war, he stayed home, and he was there in his, in his kingdom, in his palace, and he went out onto the kind of the porch area and looking over the city, and he looked over the city, and he saw a woman who was bathing naked. And he saw her, and something came over him. And he called his servants and said, who's that? They told him, and he said, go get her. He said, her name's Bathsheba, and she's married to one of your your generals in your army. So they brought her to, to him. He slept with her, sent her back home. Later on, he found out she was pregnant. She called her husband back from war, tried to get him to sleep together to cover it up. That didn't work. And so he sent her husband back to war, put him in the front line, pulled everybody back so that he could be killed. And then she would be free to marry David. And then they lost the baby. We know from reading the rest of the story that There's lots that God is able to do with this situation that redeems this situation and is able to bring about good. We know that actually they have another child named Solomon and he becomes the king of Israel and following his line we actually get Jesus. We know that he confesses his sins and and, and things change, but there are long-standing consequences to his actions. Because of this affair that he has, actually the kingdom of Israel ends up splintering and falling apart, and it's broken, and it doesn't get restored to a single unit again. What happened? How did David go from a man that was on fire for God, who was a man after God's own heart, to being a man that was going to sleep with somebody else's wife and then have him murdered? It's very simple. It's a very simple process. There was opportunity, followed by curiosity, and then there was action. There was opportunity, followed by curiosity, and then action. Now, folks, we are all in the place of opportunity. As we've already agreed, our culture is saturated in opportunity. And we also know that we 
are familiar with curiosity. What would it be like? What would it feel like to be wanted to look like that? How can I keep him? How far is too far? Did I make the wrong decision? The truth of the matter is that when it comes to sex, curiosity is just a nice word for temptation. And you can't flirt with temptation. You have to run from it. Let me say that again. When it comes to sex, curiosity is just a nice word for temptation. And you cannot flirt with temptation. You have to run from it. If you want to flirt with temptation and think that you can stand under it, that's called arrogance. Pride. And pride comes before a... You can't flirt with it. You have to run from it. Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 30. We're going to do 27. 27 to 30. It says, Jesus is speaking to the people. He's preaching. He says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. You know the crazy thing? You know how extreme that sounds? Right? Jesus says it again. It's recorded again in Matthew 18, verse 8. It says, if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. Jesus is not playing games here. He is deadly serious. And he is saying to us today that you cannot flirt with temptation. You have to run from it. If that means that you no longer have a cell phone, it is better for you to be stuck using a landline and be saved and have your heart and your family still intact than for you to be able to go on Facebook whenever you want. If it means that you do not get to see the latest movie The latest TV show, you don't understand all the jokes and what everybody is watching. It is better for you to be boring and disconnected and have your family and have your morality and have your salvation than to be up to date and thrown into eternal fire. It is better for you to completely cut ties with certain people in your life and save your marriage than to worry about hurting their feelings 
and have those relationships and lose it all. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Very simply, again, Paul states it slightly differently. You cannot flirt with temptation. You have to run from it. And when talking about sex, curiosity is just a nice word for temptation. Some of you need to understand that your value cannot be found in how you look, what people think of you, how many people want you, how attractive you are, how much attention you get, the clothes you wear, how popular you are, how many boys like you, how many girls are chasing you. Your value has to be in Jesus. And the fact that He saw us and came for us and loves us and our lives are in Him. That has to be your foundation. That has to be your value. That has to be the core of who you are. It can't be any of that other stuff. And if it is, you've got to pull back and you've got to get centered on Christ. Maybe you've never followed Jesus. You've never made that decision to follow Jesus and put your value in Him. Well, that's the first thing you've got to do. Because He loves you no matter what. Whatever mistake you've made, what you look at, what you look like, He loves you. He wants you. He wants to be with you. And He wants to give you life. And that needs to be your foundation. For some of us, when you're watching a movie, you're watching TV, you're scrolling through online, you're, you're walking through the mall, whatever it is, and you find yourself there in that moment asking the question, I wonder what does the rest of that look like? What more is there? Can I look at that a little bit longer and get a little bit longer look? That is your moment to stop, turn it off, walk it away, throw it away, whatever it is, that is your moment to cut it off and get out of there. You can't linger. You can't flirt with it. You can't dance with it and you can't justify it and say, well, I'm just kind of looking at... No. You find it. You find yourself asking that question and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And you know exactly that feeling in your heart and in the pit of your stomach when you ask that question. You know exactly the feeling I'm talking about. When that hits, that is your cue to turn it off, throw it away, get out of there. Period. Because it's better for you to be disconnected off your phone, not have a phone, not have TV, whatever. It is better for you to not have that than to fall for the schemes of the enemy and be in bondage 
and maybe even hell. You know, they still make flip phones that all they do is have numbers, right? For some of you, it's worth it. And not like, oh, this is a huge, this is absolutely no question worth it. For some of you in the dating scene, you've got to set that limit way before you're in the situation. If you are in the situation and you can hear the music playing, Elton John is playing in the background and you can feel the love tonight, okay? That is the wrong moment to ask the question of how far is too far. You've got to be, you've got to be at home alone and there's got to be like Cotton Eye Joe playing in the background. And that is the moment where you sit down with Jesus and you say, how far is too far? And you've got to look at scriptures and you've got to set that boundary and you've got to set that line. Because when you're in the mood, when you come up against that line, that is your cue to go for a walk, take a cold shower, get up and leave, tell a really bad joke, something, no explanation required. Again, it is better for you to do something awkward and embarrassing to get yourself out of that situation and make that mistake and allow that sin to take hold of your life and potentially ruin some part of your future than to maintain your pride. And I know some of you aren't in the dating scene and some of you just haven't, haven't got there yet. I'm going to tell you, I ain't perfect. When I was in Bible school, after Bible school, I made mistakes. And I set the line back pretty far and I moved it way too many times. And I am still very much embarrassed and ashamed of that. And if I could go back and change it, I would. There are some girls that every now and again I, I still have interactions with, not very much, from my past. And to this day, it still brings embarrassment and shame to me about how I behaved and what I did and the hurt that that caused. Set the bar, and you hold that bar, and the moment you get to it, that is your cue to run. Those of you who are married, marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. And I know that some of you are here, and you have either made those mistakes in your marriage or had your spouse make those mistakes in your marriage. And again, I am not here to bring any conviction or condemnation or judgment on what has happened in the past. The Lord is great enough, gracious enough, merciful enough to bring forgiveness. I have been forgiven for my past. That's not what we're talking about. But the relationship that you are in, the marriage that you are in now, you have to take steps 
to guard it, to protect it. For some of you, that means simply not being alone with somebody else you're attracted to other than your spouse. When you find that you are emotionally more connected with somebody at work or church than you are with your spouse, that is the moment to create a separation. Well, that's a little harsh. No, it's not, because it is better for you to lose that friendship than for you to lose your marriage. Bigger. Biblical. It is better for you to lose that friendship than for you, and maybe others, who fall away because of you, to spend eternity in hell. That seems like an an appropriate deal to me. You need to invest, invest, invest in your marriage. Counseling, dates, conversations, time, hard conversations, conflict management. Invest in your marriage. And the moment that you ask the question, Did I marry the wrong person? Is your moment to run home and get to work? That curiosity, that question, is just a nice word for temptation. And you cannot flirt with temptation. You have to run from it. There may be some of you here that are not in the place where you're struggling with this. But I absolutely guarantee that those, there are people around you who are. And so I'm going to close us in prayer. I'm going to pray for all of you who are, who are facing this temptation, which I think is probably most, if not all of us, in one way or another. But if you happen to be in the place where the Lord has already blessed you and given you complete victory over that, and that is not something that you feel pulled towards, I want you to make sure that you are praying for those around you, especially those in your family. Some of you have kids and grandkids who are right in the middle of this. And we need to cover this in prayer and acknowledge the victory of Christ And that we don't have to fall for that temptation. Amen? We don't have to. He has given us and will continue to give us a way out and give us victory over that temptation. But we need the courage to run. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. 